Hello there, going to jump in here with a special edition of the UK Law Weekly podcast after the recent judgment from the Supreme Court that examined the UK withdrawal from the European Union Legal Continuity Scotland Bill that has been looked at by the Supreme Court. And the citation for this rather unique case is 2018 UKSC 64. The starting point is with parliamentary sovereignty and how that affects devolved institutions. Anyone who has studied public law will be aware that the UK Parliament is sovereign, and in very basic terms this means that it can pass any laws that it wants to. On the other hand, the Scottish Parliament has much more limited sovereignty, and in fact its powers are both granted and limited by the UK Parliament. To be more precise, it is Section 29.1 of the Scotland Act 1998 that states... Quote, an act of the Scottish Parliament is not law, so far as any provision of the act is outside the legislative competence of the Parliament. End quote. What is or isn't within that legislative competence is set out elsewhere in the act, but areas that are reserved by the UK Parliament in Westminster include things like international relations, rules relating to political parties, and monetary issues such as the use of the pound, that sort of thing. Furthermore, any enactment cannot contravene the UK's present obligations to the European Union. All of this is relevant because of an ongoing dispute between the Scottish Government and the UK Government over, you guessed it, Brexit. In the Scottish Parliament, the ruling party is the Scottish National Party, or SNP, who were broadly pro-EU, along with the majority of people north of the border who supported Remain in the 2016 referendum by 62% to 38%. Meanwhile, in the capital, the Conservative-led government is making its best effort to fulfil the UK-wide referendum result that favoured Leave by 52% to 48%. Part of that effort was the European Union Withdrawal Act that became law in June of 2018 and sought to set the groundwork for Brexit. Scotland, and Wales for that matter, were deeply concerned by these proposals and the potential impact that they would have on devolution. As part of the response, they raced ahead and quickly passed the UK withdrawal from the European Union Legal Continuity Scotland Bill, God, that is such a mouthful, in March 2018 that would have a potentially wide effect, including the protection of principles of EU law, increased power to make regulations, and even the need for Scottish ministers to give their consent to certain pieces of UK secondary legislation. The next question you might have at this stage is why the bill is not already an act, if it has passed through the Scottish Parliament. Well, like all bills, it would need royal assent, and while this is normally a fairly quick and painless process, there is an exception built into Section 32 of the Scotland Act, such that a bill will not become an act until any reference by the Attorney General and or the Lord Advocate has been dealt with by the Supreme Court. That reference is the subject of this case, and so you can begin to get a sense of the importance of the issue, and precisely what is at stake in the wider Brexit discussions that are happening right now. Before we dive completely into the full judgement, there is one thing that you need to be aware of first, the UK Parliament's European Union Withdrawal Act actually amends the Scotland Act 1998. And so, as if we weren't trying to keep enough plates spinning already, 
there are two distinct legal situations that are relevant before the Scotland Act was amended and after the Scotland Act was amended. Of course, from the perspective of what the law is today at the end of 2018, the only thing that really matters is the situation after the Scotland Act has been amended, but the Supreme Court did sort of cover both time periods because of the nature of that amendment to the Scotland Act. Essentially, the only thing that it does is add the European Union Withdrawal Act to a list of statutes that the Scottish Parliament is not allowed to amend. And so we can differentiate in the judgment between parts of the bill that are problematic because of the UK's Withdrawal Act and those that would be problematic either way. In fact, it is actually easier to start off with the sections that would fail for lack of competence with or without the Withdrawal Act to contend with, as is in fact only one section that falls under this heading. Section 17 would have meant that certain pieces of UK secondary legislation would require the consent of Scottish ministers, but, as the justices point out, this would serve to undermine the sovereignty of the UK Parliament that we mentioned right at the start of the episode. A full legal justification for this position can be found in the fact that this would be an implied amendment of section 28.7 of the Scotland Act 1998, and this is one of the statutes that cannot be touched by the Scottish Parliament. However, once we widen the scope and include the other key act that can't be touched by the Scottish Parliament, the UK's Withdrawal Act from June, things become a lot more messy, and all of a sudden more than a dozen sections end up outside of the competence of the Scottish Parliament. That's far too much to cover in the detail, but includes a range of various potential powers with respect to making Scottish legislation, as well as the retention of important EU law such as the Charter of Fundamental Rights. Ultimately then, what we have been looking at in this case is a race between the UK Parliament and the Scottish Parliament. The UK Parliament got things underway with the European Union Withdrawal Bill that they introduced, and then the Scottish Parliament sort of had a look at this, realised that they didn't really like the look of things, and so while the UK government was struggling with various amendments and full house committees and that sort of thing, the SNP used their majority within the Scottish Parliament to get their bill passed really quickly. However, just as they were about to cross the finishing line, the UK Parliament threw a flag on the play and essentially stopped them crossing the finish line until they were able to do so themselves and finally got the European Union Withdrawal Act through the UK Parliament. Once that was all sorted, they were in a much better position to compete. And so in that one-on-one situation between the UK Parliament and the Scottish Parliament, it was always the sovereign UK Parliament that was going to come out on top. Anyway, in the immediate aftermath of the decision this morning, both sides claim victory, but for the SNP this is very much only a victory on paper. It might be true that the legislation still stands and the Scottish Parliament has general competence, but the provisions themselves have been decimated and those with any real bite that may have caused yet another headache for Theresa May can simply be ignored. From a legal perspective, devolution in its current form will be preserved, but maybe the real victory for the SNP here is a political one. Of course, they would have liked the bill to go through to royal assent as is, but now that it hasn't, they can instead play the card of underdogs to the interfering Tory government 
with the electorate, which is not a bad runner-up prize for them. It also strengthens the case for a second referendum on Scottish independence, as that would now be the only realistic method to effect a meaningful change to the way that the Scottish Parliament makes laws with respect to the UK, and also Scotland's position in relation to Brexit as well. This also potentially makes it a bit easier for Scottish MPs, or SNP MPs I should say, in Westminster, to justify tripping up Theresa May and her Brexit plans, although, let's be honest, they were never going to support her anyway, and the whole diving into the abyss feels a bit like cutting off your nose to spite your face, unless Brexit does somehow get cancelled and we have something like a people's vote. To sum up though, what we can tell from this case is that England, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland are still pretty much all in the same boat, and as things stand, that boat is sinking pretty fast. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this special bonus episode. Hope you enjoyed it, and I'll be back with a regular episode on Monday. That's all from me, so bye!